This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. Hi, this is Joey, and this is my real voice. I'm serious. <laughs> Today's show brought to you by T Public. Go to the Animaniacast T Public store by going to tpublic.animaniacast.com today. You better do it, or else my voice will be like this forever. Help me. Bye. And welcome, everybody, to another Tiny Toons edition of the Animaniacast. Look, everybody, it's Buster and Babs. Hey, where's Madonna? Um, we didn't say Madonna. We said Fadonna. Uh, hello. <laughs> and welcome once again to the Animaniacast. We are the only podcast out there that's talking exclusively about the animated television series Animaniacs and nothing else. Today we're going to be talking about an episode of Tiny Toons, revisiting all the cultural references and gags, and in the end we give this episode of Tiny Toons a water tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me once again are my co-hosts, my brother Nathan. I have a watch with a minute hand, a millennium hand, and a neon hand. A neon hand or an eon hand? Whatever. <laughs> I always thought it was me on hand. <laughs> <laughs> on hand. Well, and joining us across the country in Georgia, the police is are coming for her, I believe. It's Kelly. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> now now the dog's upset. Oh no, okay, well <laughs> I don't know if the I don't know if the audio picks up the little sirens in the background, but I certainly did. Uh Kelly, anyway. The dog. <laughs> Oh, there he is. There's Indy. <laughs> and guest starring the dog, Indiana. We named a dog Indiana. <laughs> well, today we are going to be talking about, of course, one of the most popular, one of the most famous episodes of Tiny Toon Adventures. And that is episode 51 of Tiny Toon Adventures called Tiny Toon Music Television. Yes, this parody of MTV, I suppose, really, is the main thing we're going to be referencing, is uh, quite a standout, I think, in the, the library of Tiny Toon episodes. But if someone were to ask you about this episode in just a few words, uh, what would you tell them, Nathan? Uh, they might be giants uh, are in it, so that's pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is very awesome. And what about you, Kelly? Even old New York was once New Amsterdam. That is very true. And we got facts right there. Exactly. Well, this, as you can tell, is, uh, is the They Might Be Giants uh, episode of <laughs> of uh, Tiny Toons. And Nathan, tell us, when was this episode? When did it first premiere? Okay, so this episode, take you back. It's 1991. It's February the 1st. It's a Friday. Um, this was just a couple days after the 25th Super Bowl, 
um, Aretha Frank uh, Aretha Franklin sang the Star Spangled Banner, uh, which that recording would later been be released and become a hit single. Um, it was also a week before Adam Sandler and Tim Meadows joined the cast of Saturday Night Live. It was also a week before L.A. Story was released, which uh, stars uh, Steve Martin, which is a good movie. <laughs> it's one. Of, it's a fine movie. Yeah, it's one of my favorite Steve Martin movies. Very nineties uh, yes. movie. Very nineties movie. Nineteen ninety one. So there yeah. you go. Well, it's, it definitely <laughs> felt like um, when you watch that movie today, it just kind of feels like a time capsule of how. Uh, at least pop culture was in the 90s, you know, and uh, that late 80s kind of yuppie feel to it. Uh, anyway, L.A. Story. Check it out if you haven't seen it. Well, uh, let's talk about our, before we get into our, our the episode itself, uh, Kelly, Nathan, uh, what were your initial thoughts uh, of seeing this episode as a kid? I didn't even know They Might Be Giants was an actual group. When I saw this, I I had recorded this um, episode, or at least the, the They Might Be Giants segments on a VHS tape, and so I would rewatch them pretty regularly, and I loved it. And um, one day, eventually, my brothers he made some kind of comment, or I think he said, my friend really likes that group or something. And I'm like, what do you mean? They're, they're actually a real group? <laughs> and Because uh, I thought they were just made up for the show. And that's the day I learned that They Might Be Giants was a real group. And um, started to learn some of their other music, and eventually the first concert I ever went to was the They Might Be Giants concert. <laughs> I think my first concert was the They Might Be Giants concert as well, if I'm not mistaken. It was either it was either They Might Be Giants or Weird Al Yankovic. And just to show you how much of a nerd I am, it's like <laughs> it's got to be one of those two for me. Um, Nathan, what about you? I mean, you were just a a toddler I really I was like and, four yeah, yeah. I don't know <laughs> when this came I just, out I remember growing up with this so I don't remember the first time I saw it but you know um I I whenever I think of Particle Man um I think of the wrestling scene and Istanbul not Constantinople I think of uh camels I guess I don't know <laughs> <laughs> well yeah I'm with I'm I'm with you uh Kelly with this one it I originally saw this i was what uh, 11 or 12 or something when i saw this and i i was i i thought this was just a fake band especially when later in the thing where buster goes who are these guys it's, i was like yeah who who are these guys these guys aren't real and it wasn't until i think a year or two later that we went to berkeley for my aunt and uncle's, I think it was their 25th wedding anniversary. And my cousin was, had this album, Flood. And he was like, oh, here's this album. And I listened to, he goes, I just got this. So he had the tape and we put the tape in. And I was like, oh, this is that thing on Tiny Tunes. And he didn't watch TV, so he had no idea what I was talking about. But I immediately, once I realized that they were real and they had other similar sounding music, I fell in love and they were like, they have been ever since my favorite band uh, ever. And I have all their albums. Uh, I've seen them in concert multiple, multiple times now. Uh, whenever they're in the Arizona area, I try my hardest to get to, to go and see them. So, and I know that Nathan, that 
you know, spread to you pretty easily because mm-hmm. I'd be listening to Flood or Lincoln or, you know, it was just everywhere in our house growing up because of that. This episode of Tiny Toons really had an effect on <laughs> on my life. I, th- I don't think I'd be as nerdy as I am today if it weren't for this episode of uh, of Tiny <laughs> Toon Adventures. And not only that, but I may not even be married to the woman I'm married to because we were, I was about to move to LA. I was like, yeah, I think I'll move to LA and do the yada, yada, yada. And she's like, well, you know, if you stick around a little bit, like a month or two more, there's a They Might Be Giants concert and we can go see it. And they're coming here to Tucson. So I said, ooh, really? So we went to that concert and then I just kind of stayed here. So yeah, I would not be the nerdy person I am today. And I would not be (laughs) probably even married to the same woman I am today. If it weren't for, they might be giants. And if it weren't for this episode that really started it all off, because I, I think it goes without saying that this episode catapulted. They might be giants to a higher level of, uh, of notoriety. I suppose you could say. Yeah, I would say that. (laughs) I mean, other, if you lived in the Brooklyn area, you probably knew about they might be giants, but other than that, and I think they were on like Letterman a few times, but they were, I think mostly a Northeastern band, you know, they weren't widely known. Mm-hmm. They were very, um, I mean, they were known for many years as just being two members an accordion and a drum machine. <laughs> Whereas there, you know, they had no backup band or anything. So this episode, I mean, it, it's funny because for years, People would say, what's your favorite band or who's your favorite band? And I would say, uh, they might be giants. And they say, who's that? I say, oh, uh, they're the people who do Particle Man and uh, Istanbul, not Constantinople. And they say, um, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Tiny Toons. Yeah, exactly. And they go, oh, okay, cool. And then a few years later, it's like, what's your favorite band? I say, oh, they might be giants. Who are they? They're the guys who do the theme song to Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. And now when kids ask me at school, who's your favorite band? Well, they might be giants. Who are they? <laughs> uh, okay, well, let's see. They're the guys who do the theme song to Mickey Mouse Clubhouse, and they're like, <laughs> and they're like, you like that kind of music? <laughs> it's like, no, 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 no. They do more than that. More than that. Uh, I, I actually think they might be giants. I've hit every genre of music uh, over the years. I don't think they're they really are. I mean, they're nerd rock. I suppose if you could <laughs> put them into a. Uh, I think that's a isn't that a genre of music, Nathan? I think right. They, uh, yeah, it's, I've they heard might be it. Giants. Yeah, it's, they <laughs> might be giants. I mean, now they do kid music and they do they do uh, educational music, but they still do weird music about people dying in these existential crises and skull mm-hmm. heads and just weird, <laughs> creepy things. In a, with an upbeat tune to it and with weird instruments and synthesizers and, and everything. I don't know. Anything else to say about They Might Be Giants before we move into our actual discussion of this episode? I, I, I love the sun, the sun song. Yeah, oh. I, I like that song a lot. <laughs> that was my first CD was uh, The Sun is a Mass of Incandescent Gas. Um, it was just a single and it was very... You know, dry and it's educational. Built into helium at a temperature of millions of degrees. Yo ho, it's hot. The sun is not that sun song. And actually, even um, Istanbul, not Constantinople, are 
songs that actually were written, I think, either in the 50s or 60s. Um, so Day Might Be Giants has this uh, way of taking old educational songs from, or just corny songs from many, many years ago and uh, and redoing them in a kind of a rockin' way. And that's exactly what they did in today's episode as well. So, Oh, I was watching... Um umbrella academy recently and i think it was mm-hmm. the first episode at the end of the episode there was um, a simple not constant can't not constant no one i got so excited yep yeah it's a big shooting scene i was like oh yeah yeah my I, favorite part of the whole series I've, yeah. only, <laughs> I've only seen the first episode and i saw that part and i was like yay and then i stopped watching the show um, I still want <laughs> to finish. Right. I still want to finish it, but um, yeah, it's fine. But that's, I think, that's the highlight. Just <laughs> oh, see, I'm not done with the show yet, so I was like, is that all I have to look forward to? <laughs> I mean, the rest is fine, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's 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 the reason to watch the show is see that three minute scene or whatever. Well, let's go ahead and get right into our discussion of today's episode. <laughs> Tiny Toons Music Television was written by Sherry Stoner, Paul Dini, Tom Minton, Art Vitello, Bruce Tim, and Douglas McCarthy. Storyboards were done by Bruce Tim and Art Vitello, and of course it was directed by Art Vitello. And this episode starts off with uh, Buster and Babs, and they're just kind of welcome everybody to Tiny Toons Music Television. And uh, they're they have some new music to play us. And, of course, Babs thinks it's going to be maybe Madonna or Sinead O'Connor. And she is, again, showing off her impressionist skills by mm-hmm. <laughs> by turning into them as well. But he says, no, it's They Might Be Giants with Istanbul, not Constantinople. And off we go. So, Kelly, why don't you tell us what happens here <laughs> in Istanbul, not Constantinople? Well, there is a uh, duck statue that uh, gets stolen and it's the the segment has sort of like this film noir feel to it um i guess it's supposed to be a little reminiscent of the maltese falcon maybe yeah uh, and uh plucky's a detective and he's hired to find the statue it's uh been stolen by Montana Max or, or some of his goons have stolen it um, or he's trying to buy it I'm a little unclear on that <laughs> um, but he you know he's there with the statue but they go through all the, the words of the song and um, Camel pops up and he starts singing people just like it better that way so take me back to Constantinople no you can't go back to Constantinople been a long time gone Constantinople why did Constantinople sword guys start singing uh, there's just a lot of um, action going on. So the um, final part of the episode, the, they're fighting and the, the statue gets thrown into the air. And it's really cool the way it falls to the floor because it's like these three quick shots of it, you know, falling and breaking, falling and breaking, falling and breaking. Um, and then Plucky is forced to stand there where the statue stood because he dropped it. And also, he just happens to just 
conveniently look like the statue as well. I mean, yeah. instead of the, the Maltese Falcon, perhaps it's the uh, the Jade Plucky. I don't know what, <laughs> what statue this is that they that they were looking for. But yeah, that's the, I guess you could call the, the plot of, the, of this. Um, and of course, well, I, I, forgot, I think we forgot one little thing that Pluck, what Plucky's reward was going to be. Because they weren't necessarily fighting uh, because of this. It was, uh, of course, Plucky's reward for rescuing the the Jade Plucky, the Emerald Plucky, whatever it is, was uh, the Sultan's daughter. And uh, that's the whole reason Plucky decided to do this in the first place, because she looks so cute. But it turns out to be Elmira. And, well, that didn't Well, I forget so. part of the purpose. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Well, so yeah, things didn't work out too well for for Plucky right there, unfortunately. But uh, let's, I guess, just your general impressions, guys, of uh, this. I mean, there's, I, I think, Kelly, you you hit it right on that the nail on the head. This has got to be a a Maltese Falcon kind of scenario. Um, I didn't really see too many other references, other than there's a part where uh, Plucky and Hampton are going back towards the. Um, the castle and they're going you know running 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 through the camels and then all of a sudden they uh hampton's playing the violin and plucky's doing this weird kind of dance with his hands and i wouldn't know it at the time but uh they are dressed up and acting and looking exactly like john and john from they might be giants right there where plucky is uh john linnell and uh Hampton is John Flansburg. Did you pick up on that, Nathan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, every, every time I see it, I'm like, hey, that's John and John. Yeah. <laughs> but at the time, I mean, that was so obscure. Yeah, as a kid, you wouldn't get that, but no. seeing him in real life or watching music videos of them or whatever, you know. Yeah, John. It's very clear. <laughs> yeah, John Flansburg has the glasses and John Linnell has the kind of puffy parted hair up you know lucky like, duck look yeah yeah exactly <laughs> and he's skinnier you know he's a skinny guy mm-hmm. and uh john flansburg is 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 not the skinny guy uh and so yeah so there's it's 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 cool that they put that in it's such a reference that only fans that they might be giants would really pick up on i think um yeah anyway uh kelly what are your, your thoughts about this first segment in general i i have always loved just the the animation the style of it uh, the the mood it sets with the the nighttime colors and everything um and it it seems very well suited to the song absolutely i mean it really is it's it's uh the the it and i think that's why people thought that they might be giants wasn't a real band because surely they wrote this song just for this cartoon you know mm-hmm. that, that, there's no other reason mm-hmm. there couldn't be a but yeah, this song actually wasn't even written by They Might Be Giants. Uh, in fact, it came from 1953. Istanbul, not Constantinople, 1953 novelty song with lyrics by Jimmy Kennedy and music by Nat Simon. And in fact, I think Muppets Tonight, there's like, there's, there's one episode of Muppets Tonight where the, the rats kept jumping up and singing this song as well. So, 
uh, yeah, this this song is is awesome, uh, and of course, they might be giants have the the most noticeable and recognizable rendition of it. But yeah. One of the most interesting things about um, the song Istanbul, not Constantinople, is that's a fact that comes up in Jeopardy. Oh. So um, sometimes they'll say, you know, this city once known as Constantinople, and it's like, <laughs> oh, it's Istanbul, or, or vice versa, depending yes. on, you know, when when the episode, yeah, because I watch a lot of old Jeopardies, too, and um, I don't know, does it? Does it flip flop back and forth or has it been constant? It's like it's referred to as both names sometimes interchangeably in Jeopardy. Yes. And, um, and of course you can get the new Amsterdam thing as well. So it's all it's all good. Yeah. Yeah, and I <laughs> that doesn't come up as often. No. But, um, That's like, gotta be a hundred dollar question. They'll they'll give you one <laughs> of the cities in Jeopardy, and then usually you have to name the other one like you know, it's no longer called this and you have to give the, the other name. But, um, so that's always been super helpful with Jeopardy. So be ready so, to say what is Istanbul or what is Constantinople. Or, and the or where, song where, helps where. me out too when they have questions about like the sun and, you know, oh, yeah. it's hydrogen turns into helium songs, and temperature millions of degrees. Songs, James K. Polk one. James K. Polk. I mean, the thing is, songs are actually a, a, a fantastic way for people to remember facts. And that's why I think They Might Be Giants do, or they've done so many, like, they've done, like, a science album. And, of course, they did, like, an alphabet album and stuff like that. But their science album is actually really good. They do all for the elements, and they do so many different things. I And I love their elements song, actually. It's one of my favorite songs they've ever done. So... They yeah. they're incredibly helpful, especially even as a as a teacher to this day. I'll I'll if I have any excuse to play a They Might Be Giant song, and you know, as a social studies teacher, when I taught American history, oh, you better believe I played James K. Polk for them, <laughs> um, just to, to have any excuse to play They Might Be Giants in front of a, a captive audience is going to happen. <laughs> it just it reminds me of Animaniacs, just you know, doing totally Nations of the World, and you know, it's yeah. Just, Exactly. It's all connected. It's all connected. <laughs> ah, that was so good. Let's hear another by They Might Be Giants called Particle Man. Who are these guys? Nathan, why don't you tell us what happens here in Particle Man? Okay, well, we're in a sports arena, and uh, today only, uh, Particle Man takes on the universe. And, you know, he's, he's Particle Man. He's the size of a particle. I guess so. He, although he looks, he looks kind of like Plucky Duck. He looks kind of <laughs> normal size, but um, yeah, he he's he's gonna fight on some some people. So he fights uh, he fights Triangle Man first. Um, Triangle Man uh, is this. I always thought Triangle Man was a woman. Whenever <laughs> you know what, I watched this episode recently in, in my school, and kids mm-hmm. thought it was. I was watching with kids in school, obviously, and they were like, "Is that a woman?" So yeah. I was, uh, yeah, I mean, he has very long hair. Yeah, uh, I don't know. So, anyways, then he needs to fight on Universe Man. So he's literally taking on the whole universe. The universe Man is usually kind to Smaller Man, although uh, his watch starts punching him and slapping him, 
Um, and then he just does a giant, uh, I don't know, cannonball on top of Plucky <laughs> for no reason. Anyways, uh, Plucky then has, he's had it, so he's taking off his, his outfit, and uh, now he's Person Man. And uh, Person Man has it even worse than Particle Man. He's hit on the head with a frying pan, and he lives in a garbage can. Uh, he is a degraded man, Person Man. So uh, after that, uh, he needs to fight Triangle Man again, which, of course, Triangle Man wins again because, you know, Triangle Man hates Person Man. Uh, and then we have Plucky just going all over the world. Uh, goes to China, goes to, I guess, Alaska or North Pole um, to a cabin. And you think he's safe, but he opens it and all the wrestlers are there. And um, uh, uh, Hampton is in there as well. Uh, and uh, they blow up the match that he lit, and that's how it ends. And there you go, Particle Man. <laughs> Very good, Nathan. <laughs> well, Particle Man, uh, again, another one that I was just like, I, I just thought it was hilarious. And, and as a kid, not knowing which voice was which was a big challenge for me. Uh, while, whereas uh, this this song is sung by John Linnell, who can do that kind of, deep kind of monotone voice very well as mm-hmm. Hampton in this case. The only reference I could really find is that the wrestler that fights Person Man is probably the Crusher from Rabbit Punch, which is a Bugs Bunny cartoon directed by Chuck Jones. Okay, champ, let's see that old right cross. Now don't pull no punches with me, boy. Let's see what you got in the ball. Come on, now, let yourself go, champ. Give me that old one-two. Come on, boy, put up your dopes. Give it everything you got. That's here, boy. Start swinging. Eddie, old boy, that's the old mix in it. Now let's uncork that right. Come on, come on, let's have a show here. Let's really throw some letter. Come on. So he's he's been you know in a in a few Looney Tunes crew, you know things he actually looked up very similar to one of the thugs in Istanbul not Constantinople and I'm mm. and he's his beard is a slightly different color I think in his original thing with Bugs Bunny he had red hair and here he has kind of a black hair he he looks like um, one of the fighters in Mike Tyson's Punch Out actually to me. Uh, the the bull headed guy you know whatever that guy is that would charge you and you had to punch him in the head anyway that's what it looks <laughs> like to me personally but anyway I saw one Spielberg reference Kelly um, what yeah it was kind of ahead of the fact you know when um, Plucky was swinging through the vines it was very much like a Kingdom of the Crystal Skull with uh, Shia LaBeouf so there you go I roll. I mean, no, I didn't say that. I love Steven Spielberg. I'm, Although, I mean, wouldn't that be more of a callback to Tarzan? Though? Well, maybe Steven Spielberg was influenced by this cartoon and decided to put it into Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Or Chewbacca swinging in Return of the Jedi. That's true. Either one of those. <laughs> Definitely not Tarzan, though. It's It's got to be a Spielberg. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> but I think that was really the only kind of reference. I know that this song, the meaning of it is very confusing for people. And I remember in the early days of the internet, 
looking up meanings of lyrics and nobody really knew what this means. Because if you think of it as a wrestling match, it makes sense, right? It's like, well, you have this person versus this person and they're fighting Mm -hmm. and this person wins. But some people have these theories of like Triangle Man is is radiation, I think, or or, uh, oxygen, fuel, and fire or something. You know what I mean? Yeah, you can do any three tiers of something, you know, like the government of, you know, we got the checks and balances. And and that there's some hidden meaning. Whatever you want. Yeah, there's some hidden meaning to Particle Man that we're not getting, that that the particle, and it's about, really, it's about uh, nuclear weapons and and how, how, you know, Person Man loses because of this and everything. I I remember looking at this and going, I was like, wow, I just thought it was about a wrestling match with Plucky, but okay, (laughs) internet. I don't think... They might be giants has a you know a <laughs> no I, I think like John and John they don't have a, a hidden agenda behind it at all so it's just like yeah I think they just like to sing uh, sometimes uh, just nonsensey kind of things but I don't yeah. know but that's um, just me <laughs> I, I really like the the line the uh, particle man when he's underwater does he get wet or does the water get him instead <laughs> I just think that's really funny because it took me so long to realize what they're even saying in that. <laughs> but like, like if, if dirt is underwater, does dirt get wet or does the water get dirty? It's just funny. <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> well, Kelly, what do you like about particle man? I, again, I liked the animation. I, there's a lot going on with the, um, the, the wrestling mat and, um, or, or no, I guess it, it's a boxing ring. So with the the boxing ring and the way, um, well, Plucky didn't really fight back, but the way he kept beaten by uh, Triangle Man and uh, and you know all of the different characters, and I thought they just looked cool. Triangle with his triangle on his, um, what would you call that? Like bodysuit or yeah, spandex suit. You call <laughs> yeah, and um. The way a person man just kind of slung him from side to side and without even like really exerting himself at all. I'm glad you just said what you just said, Kelly, because you said the way that person man slung him from side to side. And for the longest time, I thought that that wrestler was person man because you have triangle man right there and you have universe man. Right. But oh, it's not person man. person man is plucky. Yeah, Plucky turns into Person Man when he takes, he takes off, off his, his Particle Man. Exactly. And then Person Man was hit on the head with a frying pan. Yeah. Uh, oh. But why didn't I catch that? I, I never caught that before. And that's well, a, I, it took yeah. me years to catch that. And that's that. why Triangle Man hates Person Man. And that, you're like, that's when it comes more obvious is when Triangle Man starts beating up Person Man, which is uh, still Oh, I just plucky. always viewed it like Plucky was Particle Man. He, exactly. He is. Yeah, he is. He changed and he changed costumes it's when he alter ego. Yes, our alter ego is Person Man. My mind has just been blown. Right here, <laughs> live on the Animaniacast. Uh, I know, yeah, right? I, I, but again, I I was totally with you. And for years, I was like, why is Person? Why does it say Person Man hit on the head with a frying pan? Because he's hitting the other guy with the, well, he's hitting Plucky with the part in a frying pan. But then, well, see, wait. I always interpreted that that person man hit, and then they just left out the word Plucky yeah. on the head with a, you know, like yeah, <laughs> you know how lyrics are. They yeah, yeah, out. yeah. But yeah, he's uh, Plucky's person man. He's both Plucky. Oh. He's both particle and person man, and, and Plucky and Plucky. <laughs> <laughs> 
There's something wacky at McDonald's. Uh, Big Mac. The Tiny Toon Adventures Gang. It's Babs and Buster Bunny. And Persian. Fries. A Diet Coke and... Uh, 100 Happy Meals. 100 Happy Meals. When's lunch? I mean, one Happy Meal. Now buy your kid a Happy Meal at McDonald's and get a Tiny Toon flip car. Two cars in one, a different one each week. Collect all four, get all eight. 100 Happy Meals, sir. Now what? Better pop the trunk. <laughs> the kids of the 70s and 80s are all grown up, but the good times of childhood don't have to end. Our generation can share the fun and fandom of our youth with the next generation and bring the past into the future. And wrap it all up to make a fantastic present. Join Jedi Schwar and Shaz Bazaar every Monday morning to get your work week started by reminiscing about the past and exploring the future with your earbuds on Techno Retro Dads. So find us on iTunes, Facebook, Twitter, or on RetroZap.com. Part of the RetroZap Network. Moving right along, we're going now to the wall of phones of Tiny Toon Adventures, and uh, they have a, a phone that's attached to every country in the world, and probably even some subsidiaries as well. No one calls, however, and so Buster has to fake the call. Ring those phones, Toonsters! to hear respect? Excellent choice, sir. Excellent choice. Here is Aretha Franklin with respect. Why can't I get any? And that takes us right over to you, Kelly, once again. Uh, why don't you tell us what happens here in Respect? So they... You can hear the music start, and at first I was like, are they really going to be using the song Respect? Because how did they get the rights to that? Because um, they don't ever use real songs in any of these episodes um particularly in and now that it's on hulu too like i don't understand how they they have the rights but anyway so they start playing the song in the background and babs is on roller skates and has uh her waltman now children just for you you know reference a waltman is what you put a cassette in <laughs> back in old timey days what's uh, a cassette <laughs> like a little tiny VCR Look. tape but it's music instead of movies watch what's a VCR okay. tape watch <laughs> all I have to do is watch uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and uh, and you'll be fine oh, yeah. that puts it into a frame of reference for today's youth <laughs> so Babs is listening to her Walkman and she starts skating around the library and uh, yes I noticed that moment where she's like on the ladder next to the stack of books <laughs> and the ladder and um, definitely notice that moment. And uh, she's all over the place. And uh, she sticks her head on the copy machine, starts making copies of herself. And so then she goes into a, the courtroom and starts disrupting this, this court case. And you can see the jurors, and they're sort of singing the chorus of the, the song. And um, she's kind of getting everybody's way. And then she goes to a pet cemetery, and again, not respectful. I mean, she wasn't respectful in the courtroom either, but this is where it gets really bad because, hello, this kid's in the pet cemetery, so you assume he's burying some beloved pet, crying. There's there's actually this really big funeral going on for <laughs> whatever's in the box. What's and in the box? And it's like, what's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> never gets old and um 
So, uh, so then she starts bouncing up along the tombstones, and um, it's one tombstone, and it's got these two dog angels on it. And I swear the tombstone right before that one looks like a Batman on the tombstone. Did y'all see that? Yeah, I certainly did. It is that okay. is a Batman tombstone. Batman. I rewound it. I'm oh, like, no. that looks like Batman on the tombstone. Batman's dead. Okay. <laughs> um. So, and the angel statues start dancing and singing, and um. Then you can see all the, the tombstones kind of bouncing, and, you know, it's a little surrealistic going on, but uh, everybody's starting to get happy. And then you realize what's in the box was a shoe. Yeah, he had to bury his Nike or something. It was in a shoe box. Yeah, yeah it was in a shoe box. Yeah. I did, that was a cute little gag. I thought, you know, you think it's going to be a little pet or something like that, and just for a shoe yeah. with a saxophone to pop out was uh, was pretty funny. Um I don't know why he had to bury his shoe, but I'm glad it came alive. And why he was so sad about, and why it was, oh. Maybe it was one of those disturbing. Maybe it was one of those pump shoes or something, and it just popped, and Mm. you had to bury it. I don't know. Maybe. (laughs) But then everybody at the funeral starts kind of dancing and singing, everybody's happy now, so that's good. Um, And then they they show an operating table, and she pops out of a guy who's having surgery. Ugh. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. And so, um,. And that's kind of where it ends after the, uh, the they're all roll around and, and uh, you can't even see what's going on because it's utter confusion and the word is respect is above them and the, they start grabbing the, the letters from the word and that's about it. Yeah, it's uh, they they shut up uh, Babs as well by putting like a uh, respect uh, label on top of her face so that she could stop singing. And I'm not quite sure, but I think the librarian takes up their Aretha Franklin lip sync. I'm not exactly sure. But either way, it's uh, just a really cute segment. And I think one of the things that um, is totally over everybody's head, but when you watch it as an adult, is you're watching these caricatures of the people that are behind Tiny Toons, like in the library and the jury box. Uh, You can see a lot of people. I believe Paul Dini and I think think it's a caricature of sherry stoner are reading in the library and they kind of poke their heads up and say just a little bit just a little bit um at one point and then when you look at the the jury box you can see some additional uh people i know that i could definitely see bruce tim's caricature right there because he kind of has this grumpy face on whenever i see caricatures of bruce tim he always looks like he's grumpy I'm not exactly sure what that says. And also Tom Minton, I can see his uh, his kind of uh, uh, caricature as well. So all the all the juries, jury members are, are people behind the scenes. Well, um, Nathan, I guess let's start with you. What are some uh, things that you liked about the Respect song? Um, well, she's just, as Kelly said, she's just disrespectful. I, I just... How um, ironic. Ironic. She Don't wants respect, <laughs> but she's not giving it. So you know, you gotta give it to get it. I guess I don't know what the uh, <laughs> uh, the the uh, TCB line. The take care TCB. I I had to look it up because I have no idea what that was saying. I remember uh, taking care of business, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember like, Dad had to tell us that Nathan when I was a kid. I was like, "What is TCB?" He's like, oh, taking care of business. 
like oh okay. on, just take care tcb and just like what does yeah. it still taking ca- take care take care of business like <laughs> you know the sentence doesn't make sense you and know tcb tc tcb which, which reminds me of tc <laughs> which reminds me of a 90s yogurt shop called tcby which i forget what that stands for but it was a yogurt shop and this I don't... can't be yogurt <laughs> yeah maybe that's it DCB wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> it was It was poisoned. <laughs> oh no. The Beauty and the Beast reference. Uh See, I was I think it came out before Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I think it's funny that Kelly mentions uh the um <laughs> the the swinging on the 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 ladder with the books as a, a it, she didn't even say there was a Beauty and the Beast thing. And of course Kelly whenever Kelly mentions Beauty and the Beast anywhere <laughs> on social media and I and I see it. I have to respond with a gif of Bell uh, swinging on the on the, <laughs> the ladders yeah. in the library. So yeah, that's yes, yeah, and that that's going to be the Beauty and the Beast Hallmark ornament this year. Yes, so I'm super excited. <laughs> and there's also a teacup ornament, but it looks like it's exactly a redo of a teacup ornament I got a few years ago. It's just the teacups a different color, but that's not going to stop me from getting it. Yeah, exactly. Well, I hate to tell you this, but all the teacups are the same model at Disneyland and Disney World. It's just different paint, so it's the same. No, no, no. I, I know that. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> Mickey and Minnie are in it, and it's, it looks like oh. the exact same bolt, but See, the teacup's hmm. a different color. That's not cool. Put Donald and Daisy in the new one or something. I mean, right? Yeah, they could have done something different, but oh, I'll, well. I'll probably still buy it. <laughs> yeah, you can't start. That's the thing. Well, um, yeah, Respect is such a cool um, song. It was, as a kid, of course, not my favorite of these, because once you do the They Might Be Giants at the opening, uh, what what can you do? But, you know, you can't, you can't beat it. But uh, it certainly is fun uh, watching at the end. Like you said before on previous ones, the animation is just perfect. TMS animation did the animation for this entire episode. And that's, I mean, they're some of the best um, overseas animators that both Tiny Toons and of course Animaniacs had. Uh, it's just there. It almost looks like feature film animation in, in this entire episode. Uh, as we go on, we'll, I'm sure we'll bring up some moments that we thought were particularly uh, amazing, but I think we should move on to the next little, filler episode i would not filler but kind of the uh joiner uh segment i suppose and that is julie bruin just say julie bruin yeah and julie bruin i believe this was her first appearance and julie bruin is well she's a, a, a bear right because it's a bruin like ucla and stuff and she's a caricature of Julie Brown and Julie Brown, I guess used to actually, I, I knew her from songs and from like comedy movies, like earth girls are easy and stuff from the eighties and nineties. But, uh, Julie Bruin, what can I say about her? She's very voluptuous for one thing. Uh, she's makes me, it makes me go, Oh, they would not get away with this on TV today with kids. <laughs> no way, no how. Uh, because, yeah, she she's well, very well endowed. Let's say this, and she shakes what her uh, cartoon mother gave her, as they say. Uh, <laughs> I thought I thought that Julie Bruin 
was more of a character of downtown Julie Brown. See, and that's what I would think too, because downtown Julie Brown would be more of a, uh, I think, more widely known. And with the whole MTV thing, right? But apparently, apparently, Julie Brown, the com- she's mostly known as, at least for me, as a comedian and a, a singer. Uh, but apparently, she had a show on MTV called "Just Say Julie." And uh-huh. so if I could find a clip of Just Say Julie, I'll play it right here. She's the hottest little head ahead on MTV. Just Say Julie. That's me. Ba, ba, ba. Yeah. Whoa. It hurts to suck your cheekbones in that long. Hello. It's How to Be a Model Day. Oh, right now we have a very special treat. Let's welcome professional model and in excess cover girl, Lake Arrowhead! Stop it! Lake, you look fabulous. What's that on your shoe? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) So, Lake, why don't you tell us how you got started in modeling? Well, I went to modeling school and then I just became a model. That's fascinating! What did you learn there? Well, we had classes in sitting and standing and walking and advanced sitting and how to smile without crinkling the corners of your eyes. (gasps) Would you show us how to do that? Okay. (laughs) <laughs> so there you are yeah i i would usually only watch the music videos and remote control yes remote control i love that show that was so that was great that was such a funny show again more like trivia stuff but yeah in a, i it's been my thing yep exactly <laughs> well julie bruin is uh waiting for buster and babs to come over with Madonna, and there she's so excited. And uh, of course, it's not Madonna; it's Fadonna, and it's uh, Elmer Fudd <laughs> with Elmer, with Madonna's uh, you know cone shaped uh, dress right there, just looking ridiculous with stiletto heels. And it closes as they as before they go off to the next song. They uh, they go to play the game Tango, I think, which is I guess a version of twister or something but yeah what did you think about uh just say julie bruin kelly um <laughs> i really liked fadonna <laughs> i thought that was really funny well this is julie bruin is uh of course julie brown you know did the voice of not only her but later on minerva mink and mm-hmm. so both characters are, I think Julie Bruin is much more of a happier person than Minerva in a lot of ways, I guess. Although both of them are, I don't know, I wouldn't want to hang out with either one of them. <laughs> <laughs> they, they both seem pretty conceited and everything. Not the not the typical people I hang out with. Uh, Nathan, what about you? What do you think? Um, yeah, I had, I had flashbacks of Minerva Mink, I guess. Uh, but because of the same voice, I guess. So yeah. that must have been it. Um. <laughs> yeah, there's two songs, by the way, that Julie Brown has sung that really stood out for me that you might be familiar with. Because um, I'm a Blonde. Because I'm a Blonde. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the song, however, that has not stood this, the test of time at all, but was popular, is Everybody Run, The Homecoming Queen's Got a Gun. Mm-hmm. And I remember listening to this song as a kid in the 90s, thinking it was hilarious because it's just about a homecoming queen 
shooting everybody and killing everybody in the school. And at the time, it was funny because... Because it was so absurd. It was like, absurd. This could never happen. Exactly. Yeah. That was the absurdity of it. And, uh, yeah, obviously, <laughs> not a funny song anymore, unfortunately. But, yeah, I remember that. I mean, I had it on my Dr. Demento collection, and I would listen to it, and I thought it was so sick and twisted and funny at the same time because how ridiculous. And they made a video. There was a video of it and everything. It was, um, yeah, weird. Different time. Different time <laughs> uh, in the early mid-'90s uh, with Julie Brown. So let's go ahead and move on to the next uh, part right here, which, of course, is money. And Nathan, tell us what uh, what happens here in Money. Oh boy! Okay, so um, this is uh, Monty gets a, gets his own like little music video. Um, we start off in the woods. Uh, a bear is playing piano, I think, um, and Monty's giving some bird seed to some birds, and then he he uh, catches them because he's like, "Hey, I don't want the free things. You can give those to the birds and the bees." And it's like. I don't know. So he wants the birds. I don't know. He's going to sell uh, them. Then he's, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> then he's at a restaurant, and he gets the uh, bill, and he has to take out his piggy bank, and he breaks it, and he gives the waiter a coin, and I guess the waiter's like, yeah, this is enough. Uh, one coin will be enough. But he looks, and it's a fake coin. And uh, then we uh, we got some yachts. There's a We see this yacht, and then we see a bigger yacht, and it's Montana Max's yacht and uh he's on there with with julie bruin and uh he throws her off the boat and gives her a life raft and then <laughs> <laughs> but he knocks her um, on the head in the process and yeah, probably exactly. knocks her out so yeah not not cool not, not cool um then we're in egypt for a second uh we should see a sphinx uh we go on a rocket ship to the moon uh montana max has bought some real estate on the moon um, then we, then uh, Montana Max is outside a door. He's he's got flowers and candy, and you're like, oh, who's this love interest that he's uh, gonna give these flowers and candies to? And it opens and it looks like Ralph the guard is there. Uh, <laughs> a meaner version, but, perhaps. But... Yeah, exactly. Um, a distant relative. I don't know. Yeah. Um, it turns out we're at Fort Knox, and that's where he wants to be with all the money. Um, and then when he does a whole James Brown rendition, um, he's gets tired you think it's over and then he comes back um and then there's lots of money bags behind him and he's you know he's got all the money and then the irs comes takes all of it but a single coin which then uh Montana max gives to a charity and uh that's the end of the cartoon i think the little segment yeah he's all sad he has no money yeah but at least he was generous enough to give his last time to a that the salvation army or whatever that happened to be right yeah so good for him good for him (laughs) (laughs) well uh money uh parentheses that's what i want in parentheses (laughs) was by barrett strong so it was kind of interesting to see this not a you know james brown song although he obviously does that james brown move at the end i love this song um i always liked it as a kid and very appropriate i suppose for montana max uh kelly what did you think about this uh this song i i liked it okay (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I didn't, I didn't dislike it. I yeah. didn't overwhelm me, so <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's not the highlight song, I suppose, of the of the bunch, is it? It's no Istanbul. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Nathan, what about you? 
Um, it's fine. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> See, he didn't have anything else to say about it beyond what I said. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. I'll give you one little thing that I kind of liked, even though it didn't quite make sense. And I was watching this with my wife, and she's like, wait, why does Montana Max have two buck teeth, but then buck, like te- full teeth underneath it? That kind of threw her off. And I was like, well, just because he, I don't know, he needs braces. I don't know what's going on with him. But there's that part where he's all sad at the end. And then one tooth is kind of sticking up from the bottom up or something, which doesn't quite make sense. But at the same time, he looks so pathetic and cute at the same time. And it's hard for Montana Max to look cute and innocent. So um, I will give it to this episode (laughs) that they, they made me feel a little bit of empathy for Montana Max. And so good for them. Good for those animators and making me feel that. So, Let's go ahead and move on to the last little uh, segment. Coming up next, classical music in our feature video, Top Secret Apprentice. Which, of course, is a kind of a little bit of a parody slash takeoff of The Sorcerer's Apprentice uh, with Fantasia. And whereas in the original version with uh, Mickey Mouse uh, going to see Yen Sid creating magic and... Uh, you know, with water and everything. Uh, Buster is watching Bugs Bunny create computer-generated cartoons, which it actually there was a there was a Nintendo game, and I don't know the name of it off the top of my head, but there wasn't there was a Nintendo game that was very much like what Bugs is doing in this, where you take the character in this case Plucky, and then have him move someplace and have something fall on him. Um, there was, I think it was maybe Tiny Toon Adventures movie studio or cartoon studio. But at any rate, you could actually put down a Tiny Toons character and say, walk from here to here, then do the animation of climbing. And I would make my own little cartoons very much like Bugs Bunny in this case. Um, well, at any rate, uh, Bugs walks away and Buster, of course, has to take over, but almost immediately falls asleep. And proceeds to dream of all the things he would be doing, such as flying in space. And it was kind of this combination with, it looked almost like a Buck Rogers, but Calvin and Hobbes, Spaceman Spiff, mixed in with War of the Worlds, because the ships kind of looked like that 1950s uh, style War of the Worlds ship, uh, all mixed together. And then it turns into going underwater and uh let's see there's a where else do they go they go underwater oh yeah he and then he jumps he's like he wakes up then falls about asleep again and imagines he's on a fly and the fly ends up getting squished and jumps on another fly and gets stuck on some fly paper did that fly remind you of honey i shrunk the kids Uh, a little bit yeah, when he's writing it, I'm just like, oh, like the bee, right? Don't they write a bee? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, they write a bee and ant and stuff. Anyway, um, and if, to cap things off, he kind of it goes into kind of a land before time moment where he gets chased by these dinosaurs, these little dinosaurs, runs up this back of a huge dinosaur, and the huge dinosaur is just about to eat him, but he wakes up and Bugs is there. And... Bugs is just, uh, you know, all disappointed. But then the Tyrannosaurus Rex pops his head out through the screen. A lot like in uh, Back to the Future 2 with Jaws, I think. (laughs) It's kind of a similar thing. 
but Buster is able to pull the plug right before uh, it, it hurts Bugs, and then um, he gets thrown out before saying one line. I suppose this means I don't get an A in the course. Well, there we are. So, Nathan, what did you think about the Top Secret Apprentice? Um, it reminded me of Sorcerer's Apprentice, and then also of that Pinky and the Brains Apprentice, uh, the Brains Apprentice. Which which, <laughs> which do think... you prefer? Do you prefer the Brains Apprentice or this Top Secret Apprentice? Uh, I like the Brains Apprentice more okay. than the Top Secret one, but uh, I guess we could put a poll of that. Mm, uh, <laughs> I suppose so. Someday, I don't know. Yeah, uh, why not? We'll we'll save that in just a few seconds. Well, because oh, sure. that because well, there's too many. S- do best. Uh, yeah, there are five songs in this. Yeah, there's too many songs. songs. There's uh. too many songs for best song in this one. So why don't we do that as a poll? We'll hold on to that for. No, right there's now. not. It's just Istanbul. <laughs> it's just that's the best, and that's it. Okay, Kelly decided Gosh. that the best song is Istanbul. But Kelly, uh, what were your thoughts on uh, this right here, the Top Secret Apprentice? I, I know I say this all the time, but I thought it was cute because uh, I like that word. Um, <laughs> I I was surprised they didn't actually use the music. Yeah. Um, because it's it's an old piece of music and it's nobody's copyrighted it. Right? I guess they were worried that if they were too similar, that Disney would say something and maybe Probably. they'd have to be, but and Disney would, but um, yeah. I I thought that the music was similar enough to evoke it and and still give the same feeling and so I, I liked that and then um, I uh, I thought it was neat to watch Buster go from basically environment to environment and you know have everything uh, kind of get a little uh, over overwhelming for him until bugs showed up and got mad at yeah. him about that funny and then he was like oh. So I guess I'm not getting an A, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, you mentioned the music, and the music is, I think, the only... There's no sound effects in this either. And I think that maybe in The Brain's Apprentice, there is a little bit of sound effects in there. Not many, but I think a little to, to punctuate a little bit of the music. Whereas this is just... The music is carrying the whole thing, which I, I was impressed by. I really liked that, how... Uh, to the point where it was jarring when Buster spoke at the end. Yeah, I kind of wish he didn't speak. Yeah, I didn't like that. Um, yeah, I wish that he just left. You know, like you don't, you don't, because it, it wasn't. At least I don't think it's not necessarily a funny joke. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, I don't think anyone laughed at that. Going like, oh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it not was, any funnier than just saying like, oh, you know, just being sad as you leave. Like, yeah, exactly. Just throw something at him and, and getting kicked out was just being funny enough you know so you didn't have to yeah i don't know yeah i didn't feel that that was necessary it was i i agree that that line at the end was jarring and just um yeah when it's totally instrumental like that it's like don't do that stop don't um i think uh we should go oh before we get to our water tower rating let's just mention the the credits real quick because i don't think we really did last time mention that first of all the joke credit for today was Istanbul, not Constantinople. There you go. Just one more reminder for everybody. But the production uh, executives on Tiny Toon Adventures are Kathleen Kennedy and Frank Marshall. <gasps> I know those people. <laughs> you do? Why don't, wh- I mean, not personally. Oh, okay. That, would, <laughs> that 
That right there, that's the wonder pair. That really is. So Frank uh, Frank Marshall and Kathleen Kennedy, of course, uh, husband and wife. And at this time, I guess they were production executives, Kelly, because were they working for Amblin? Is that why? Yeah. Yeah. They were. Um, I. It seems like around this time or maybe shortly after they started branching out and doing some uh, projects of their own. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, I think, well, I think Frank was getting into more directing. Because I remember, I think he directed Alive, didn't he? Um, oh, I don't know. About the soccer team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they were still doing a bunch of work for with, with Spielberg. But it, as time went on, they started sort of going off on their own projects, um, you know, more independent. And because uh, I think they ended up eventually doing their own production company or, you know, cause you'd see things like a Kennedy Marshall production. Um, but yeah, they worked hand in hand with the Amblin and, and Spielberg. Uh, uh, Kathleen basically started out the business working with Steven and um, she and Frank, I think met on the set of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. And I read or heard somewhere in you know, an interview, I think maybe that, uh, they kept their relationship secret from Steven because they were working together. But eventually it, it came out that they were dating and oh. obviously didn't. Nobody got fired or anything. <laughs> so, um, well, and Kath- and I want- Kathleen was one of the dancing girls, I think, too, in Temple of Doom is what was released <laughs> recently. That sounds familiar. Yeah, I, I can't verify it, but sounds right. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Kathleen Kennedy, of course, is the head of Lucasfilm now. And she holds, she's the, the woman to go to if you want to get any Star Wars movies made. Well, I uh, just thought I'd kind of put that out because I, I just <laughs> thought that was so cool just seeing their names and seeing, when I think Kathleen Kennedy these days, I think Star Wars and not necessarily Tiny Toon Adventures, but it's always oh, no, cool I, to see I them. I still think of her with... Um... You know, as a partnership with Steven, because I mean, uh. they. In fact, you know, just for our audience, there was recently a photo, uh, well, a couple photos that came out from Star Wars Galaxy Edge with J.J. Abrams, Steven Spielberg, Bob Iger, and Kathleen Kennedy, and uh, they were seated around the chess table, uh, Dejarik, uh, <laughs> hollow chess uh, table at. Uh, in the Millennium Falcon and then standing in front of the Falcon and somebody was like <laughs> you know where's George and yeah. I, was like, I didn't even notice he wasn't there <laughs> I was so excited about Steven Spielberg in front of the Millennium Falcon so <laughs> oops I'm sorry George it, it wasn't I mean I don't mean to slight him or anything but you know me I just get it's like Spielberg sighting you have your you have your favorites we all know it's okay oh man yeah totally <laughs> Well, let's go ahead and get... This is a sidebar. As a sidebar, I'm seeing Jaws at the Symphony um, this weekend. Very exciting. Very exciting. Yeah, that's something everybody should do. Everybody get a chance. If you have never seen Jaws on the big screen, which I have a couple of times, uh, I would recommend it wholeheartedly because that movie came out in, what, 75? So it's 40... Four years old now, yeah, I guess. So, um, people are still like scared and horrified, and they jump. And watching it with an audience is amazing because I saw it about 40 40 times before I ever saw it with an audience. 
So seeing it with an audience for the first time was amazing. Well, let's go ahead and get to our water tower rating. I'm sorry I got off track. No, it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Well, out of five water towers, how many water towers would you give today's episode of Tiny Toon Adventures? Nathan, let's start with you. Oh boy. Okay. Um, you know, I really like this episode. Um, but is it worth five? I'll go, I'll say four and a half. Cause I, you know, the last two or three songs, like whatever, <laughs> <laughs> just particle man and, uh, Istanbul concepts at all. That's, you know, that's, that's all I need to watch. But, um, uh, yeah, I'll say four and a half out of five. All right. Uh, Kelly, what about you? Five. Five. And why? Because it's simple. There we go. <laughs> I am a simple, simple gal. You know, <laughs> give me give me four minutes of an amazing song with some really great animation, and I'm I'm sold. I like Particle Man, too, but Istanbul's that's got my heart. Yeah, yeah. Well, Nathan, I'm almost... I, 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 I feel you, man. I the, the four and a half... Yeah, I could almost do that, but I'm just going to go with Kelly and I'm going to give it a five as well. Because even though I don't like the, the, the songs after the They Might Be Giants ones as much, I just think the animation in it is just so, so good. Like just consistently amazing throughout. And, uh, really the whole thing just felt like just an ambitious, idea um i've seen things like this before like the disney channel would do these things like i think it was called dtv where they would take old songs and then sync up their old cartoons with it but this was just this was all new you know they were really making music videos and something that is in some ways kind of a dying art it seems like i don't see i know that youtube is a is a thing but it doesn't seem like music videos are like have you seen the latest video for such and such it's you know Mm -hmm. mtv used to be the thing for all you know uh young people to watch and it was like a pop culture thing now it's just a reality show thing so um yeah for all those reasons i I gotta give it five i gotta give it this is just even though it may not be my favorite episode of tiny tunes it's definitely going to be in the top five of every tiny tunes adventure without a doubt so yeah five out of five for me they do they do try it again in tiny tunes to do another collection of music videos um yeah i don't know if you remember that episode not off the top of my head we'll have to it has do, it. do you love me and like it's in his kiss and oh okay do you love me uh, does sound game. familiar mm-hmm. okay yes and they don't so do plucky maybe we'll want to do that one too i don't know <laughs> um <laughs> yeah they don't do plucky in the name game for some reason i don't know why but they decided <laughs> not to uh well <laughs> let's go ahead before we close up shop let's go ahead and get to our poll results from uh, a couple weeks ago and uh let's see we asked everybody out there I think one of the hardest questions we've ever mm-hmm. had, which is what is your favorite theme song uh, that, you know, we have. So the course, the choices were tiny tune adventures, animaniacs, freakazoid and pinky and the brain. And before I get to the results, do you guys have a favorite of those? Nathan, 
so hard because I I know all the lyrics to Pinky in the Brain. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So would that be my favorite? I don't. I'll just say I'll say Freakazoid because it won a Grammy or whatever it won. I don't know. Yes, it's a really good an Emmy. An Emmy. It won an Emmy, so it has to be the best. So there we go. That's it. That's my vote. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Kelly, what about you? Animaniacs. Animaniacs. All Uh right. So let's see. And you're saying Animaniacs. Nathan's saying Freakazoid, and I'm saying Freakazoid also. Um, I mean, it's hard to say. This is a this is a hard poll, but Freakazoid, I think, just has a a cooler beat to it. I think. Um, I just like it a little bit more, but. Unfortunately, Nathan and I were at the bottom of this poll because only 10% of the audience agreed with us. Uh, wow. And, and uh, right above that, with 13%, was Tiny Toon Adventures. And then it was Pinky in the Brain. But, of course, 55%, it was a landslide, said Animaniacs as the best theme song of those four. So there you have it. I, I think part of it is the Twitter being called animani cast i feel like most of the followers would be <laughs> well perhaps you know but you, animaniacs fans that's that's true that's true but you never so, know let's go ahead and get to this week's poll and i think we kind of went to it what was what we're we gonna do again it was uh which of these is better it's gonna be the brains apprentice or top secret apprentice right that's the poll yeah. for this week yeah why not we <clears throat> do it we don't often do these live on air but we're doing it this this time so <laughs> you can go ahead and let your voice be heard by going to hashtag animaniacast poll on twitter and you can find that poll right there and uh, let us know what do you think is uh the brains apprentice with the uh, pinky in the brain better or this version on tiny tunes better um yeah we'll talk about it next time Ooh. well let's go ahead and get to some contact information nathan where can people get you online uh, I'm on Twitter, Joey. Uh, Django FT. That is me. <laughs> All right. And Kelly, what about you? Also on Twitter, Yoda Princess, Y O D A P R N C S S, or email me, Kelly at bigshinyrobot.com. All right. And as for the Animaniacast, we're on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, and of course, over on Discord as well. If you like Discord, yes, you do. We like Discord. How about you? Well, Discord is where a lot of the RetroZap people are hanging out, and you can talk with us as well by going to a welcome link, and the welcome link is discord.animaniacast.com, and that will take you right over to the RetroZap channel where you can talk to us about Animaniacs, or really about anything uh, animation in general. Plus, we have all other topics from all the other uh, RetroZap podcasts as well that you can jump in there and check out. So if you're into Star Wars, you can talk with the folks over at Starship Sabres and Scoundrels or, or Kanata's Castle or Brews and Blasters or just, you know, head over to the Star Wars uh, lore or collecting areas. Plus, there's all these other things. If you're into the Marvel stuff you can or superheroes, there's sections for that as well or collecting or movies or video games. It's all over there. So a lot of fun. Check it out discord.animaniacast.com And don't forget to subscribe to the RetroZap feed on your favorite podcast player and that way you can get every RetroZap podcast delivered straight to your device. Well, that'll do it for today's episode. So, for Nathan and Kelly, this is Joey saying good night, everybody! Good night, everybody! Good night, everybody!
This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures, Freakazoid, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respected trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated.